cut to the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? If you're drowning and I throw you a life jacket, would you grab it? Yes, good. Pick up 200 shares, I won't let you down. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Ask him how they'd like to see 30, 40% returns. What are they gonna say? No? I don't want to see those returns. Where's the money, Lebowski? You're going to make a lot of money, right? Be aggressive. Learn how to push. Show them a 3% return, and I'll trust you to watch his kids for the weekend. I'm a big fan of money. Move around. Motion creates emotion. I did not know this. That's it. I'm done. Well, one page, Stacks and Jacks. Have time out. Eliani on the board. SP Futures down 30. Yeah, down. Wow. After five days in a row. NSA Futures down 107. Dow Futures down 175 after... Uh, kind of a mixed day yesterday, but the no, we weren't mixed. We were uh, up a little. Yeah, I guess we were mixed. The Nasdaq was down 25, but the Dow was up 239. As all the retail stocks, Walmart, Home Depot, were just to the moon. Uh, which I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what how to interpret that. Do we have Mr. Kevin? You do. Um, if if one wanted to be a wag and uh, and say, boy, 15 years ago there was. This, a few people on the air, not just me, that said, boy, when you let all this concentration happen in, in retail, if you ever get an inflationary period, that would be pretty devastating because they would always be able to keep ahead of it and do okay while the people shopping there wouldn't. God, would that prediction have been true or what? Um, I, I think that's true. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think if there is anybody out there that is uh, that is truly competing. I'll have to, I'll have to do a, a little um, field research. You know, go, go to the stores where I never go. Like, uh, go into Aldi and see what theirs looks like. Uh, actually, a couple people. But it's, it's been a Aldi long time. Popping. You know, I, I shop. <laughs> I shop for for my daughter and for me. And I, you know, we go for a weekly shopping trip. And I, I can't come out with less than two hundred bucks, and that doesn't cover everything. I'm usually back in the store sometime during the week. Uh, you know, and, and that that used to be crazy. If I spent two hundred bucks in the grocery stores, and they're going, "What in the, on earth did you do?" Yeah. Now I would be happy if I got one ninety nine. You know. Well, you see, you see it dramatically higher in the stuff that uh, um, if you have a, if you have a family, you sort of can't get away from because kids obviously like snacks and stuff. I mean, you're hard pressed to get a, a thing of potato chips for less than three bucks, and you wonder if there's any chips in there. I mean, it's like it's like the world's smallest bag. I mean, uh. It's a, uh, it, it it it's kind of crazy, and uh, you see the, the uh, the the box shrinkage, all that kind of stuff. But I mean, it's I don't I don't I'm curious as to why. Uh, actually, I was out with a couple of attorneys last night, and uh, you know, brilliant guys, and we started, they started asking me about, you know, the inflation level and about gas and this and the other thing. And I said, you know, it's not, it's it's absolutely a monetary phenomenon. And look on everybody's face. They're like, well, what are you talking about? If gas goes back down, it just goes back down. I go, no, that's not the way it works. It's uh, it's it's in the system, and if it if gas goes down, something else might go back up. It's it's it has to do with 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 your currency. And I, God, Kevin, you know, just it, there's just no. I mean, you listen to the president talking yesterday. I mean, does he does he not understand? I mean, I, I, are these people in denial, or do they just not understand any of this stuff? I mean, uh, I mean, and I think I think the man actually is is somewhat. You know his hearts might be in the right place, but I mean, does he does he get that big it, that you know when he talks about big interests all lost? Doesn't he understand that the, that the drug piece didn't the final bill didn't they didn't the big pharma manage to beat people up enough to where it was only it's only ten drugs they can negotiate on out of like a thousands that are out there? You know, I mean, well, they, they, they limited that, and of course every everything's deferred. I mean, that's like a, yeah. a three year deferral. 
on when they can even do anything about it. And, you know, that that's probably, uh, you know, the, the, the influence there is probably, eh, by the time we get to three years, nobody's going to negotiate anything. I'm, I'm going to say that if I'm in the drug business, I am so happy with this plan. It, it's, it puts everything off for like a period of time and it limits things to 10 drugs. There are probably 10 drugs I don't even care about. Maybe maybe I do. I don't, I don't look at the drugs, but I'm like, I don't even, out of all the drugs there are, I mean, uh, I, know, I know people that have t- are taking, uh, the last was somebody was telling me they were taking some uh, thyroid medication, and it, it, had, it had gotten down to, uh, it was one of the five buckers that Walmart had. Uh, when they were they're always okay. Jam- yep, I know what you mean. And now that now it's sixty. I, I, I had to think about that, and you said buckers. Yeah, five five buckers with a B. Well, maybe and then another. Now it's sixty five dollars a month. Now how how exactly as we're going to hire eighty two thousand people to become IRS agents? Which talk about the world's most useless use of human beings. It's almost the same as the, as, as as the people at the airport winding people up and down. Um, the how how exactly is is that is that a is that a positive, uh, Kevin? I mean, how how can it? I mean, I don't, I don't see how. Hey, damn it! They're going to make sure that the wealthy pay their fair share, Tom. Yeah, it's it's such a such a crack of crap, and, and I I think that I mean, I'm not I'm, we we're, we know where's where's our buddy Bob when we really need him? We always need him. We miss him. Uh, this whole tax thing. Explain this to me, Lucy. The whole idea is that if you if you say that you made a billion dollars, when your tax books say you you broke even, okay, which is right now it's perfectly legal, by the way. Uh, yeah, ta- it's taxable income versus uh, gap income. Okay, so uh, rather than say I made a billion dollars, wouldn't that be nice? Stacks and Jacks made a billion dollars. Instead of paying the two the two hundred and ten million dollars to the government, why don't I just say? Guess what? We didn't make anything based on the new way we're looking at stuff. But by the way, our cash flows here, and we're still doing fine. I'm not going to pay the. I'm not going to send the check. Well, that's my fallback position. Is not is not the fallback position is not to actually pay, is it? Or what am I missing here? Well, and, and that's what I've been thinking here is you. You just watch. Everybody is talking about you know did they beat earnings? Did they beat revenue? Did they beat earnings when they get the reports? It is going to shift. It's going to make a big shift to cash flow. What's their, yeah. what's their cash flow look like? Yeah, I mean that's. I mean, it, it, count on it because because that's all that's going to matter after they start reporting gap income as as zero, if no, you know, and have no taxable income. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, don't I mean, I. It, 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 it's it's like they it's like they think this is going to matter, and it never has in the past. Everything that they try to do with rates doesn't work because the people with really good accountants are out uh, excel at tax avoidance legal tax avoidance well and, and every time you try and kick up the economy the first thing you do is say okay you can depreciate the new truck over six months even though the thing's going to last you 10 years they can't they can't ever stop doing that for these people but the minute you do it gets you right back in the trap right it does I mean, if, if you want to go to, uh, you know, straight line but, depreciation. But, but the, the accounting principles, and I keep referring to the gap, uh, the generally uh, accepted accounting principles, those change a little bit slower. So, uh, you know, monkeying with the tax code is, is, is a different, you know, a different kind of issue. If they're going to say, 
whatever you report for public purposes, for public consumption, you have to pay a minimum on that, then it, it's, it's going to have to be done within the uh, financial reporting standards for, uh, your, for your 10Q. Well, I mean, it's <clears throat> why is that? Why is that a problem? I mean, the the people that use the most of that, I, I think, boy, oh boy, it's some in areas that I don't. I mean, look at the airlines; they don't own anything, do they? When's the last time they owned a jet? Did they ever just walk in and pay for one? <clears throat> I'm thinking no. <clears throat> so, you've got a leasehold, right? So you can can you depreciate the leasehold? Can you depreciate the no. plane? No, that's that's a, a operating expense. Okay, but you depreciate the plane, right? Even though you don't own it. No, you don't. No, you, you're paying a lease, so you, you're, you have an operating expense on the lease. But you still can depreciate the plane. No, no, the the, the company that owns the plane and leases it to you. There's a way. There's a way you can double dip on this, and I don't know where, where's Bob. But there's a way. There's a way you can do this, because airlines rarely pay taxes. You know, they have huge cash flow. Anyway, this is I'm walking in an area that I don't. The, the point being is your fallback position is just to report the other number, right? And say here's our cash flow. Well, yeah, I mean, it, look, it, it, that's that's all that matters to uh, almost every business in the world that isn't a major multinational corporation is they they care a whole lot more about cash flow than they do about income. Uh, you know, so I- income is something you have to calculate, especially for tax purposes. But if you're not a publicly traded company, like most companies are not, then you know you're you're much more concerned with uh, t- uh, cash flow, and you're concerned with EBITDA, uh, which is not the not exactly the same as cash flow. It's sort of like cash flow, except that it factors out all depreciation, and there and, and doesn't care about capital expenditures, and obviously. Capital expenditures are a major cash outflow, so you know that one. That one cares about whether the business is churning money on a day-in, day-out basis, um, you know, positive or negative, and that, and that's a fine measure for a lot of companies uh, and and others. You know, especially if you're talking about the uh, uh, privately held, maybe family held, uh, you know, small manufacturing company that maybe employs 200 people. Uh, you know that. All they care about is cash. Well, I just, I mean, I, I, was, I went through the nuts and bolts of this bill the other morning on the air. There's really nothing in there that I like, Kevin. Nothing. I clearly don't like the 82,000 IRS agents. If you're going to hire them, get them from the rest of, the rest of government. Why, why <laughs> get them from FINRA, get them from the NFA. They're, they have extra people. Get them, get them from the consumer group. What do they have, 15,000 people working there? What do they do all day long? Get it from the antitrust department. As I was going to say earlier, everything, every one of those five-hour Walmart things, it's now 65 hours, every single one of those is an antitrust case, in my opinion, which is a felony. And yet we, we can't touch these people. And, uh, and, and Biden has taken a victory. He, he essentially got lashed by these corporations, and he's taken a victory lap. I mean, really? I, you know. And 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 what you know? What's the media report? He's on a roll. Yeah, he's on a roll. <laughs> well, to get anything passed is is sort of unusual, by in, in this day and age. And uh, um, I, I did not. Yeah, I did yeah, not I did I, use reconciliation to do it. Yeah. Hey, uh, regarding uh, the economy, um, I had my little 
my little visit to Home Depot where the, the lady with the hot dog stand was closing up early. Uh, that's not good news. This New York manufacturing number, what are you, what are you seeing? Well, first of all, I want to say it since I brought it out here. Uh, the This is the Empire State number. Now, these, you know, I don't, these things are not tradable, but somehow they're this one here. Now, what's the Chicago one? It's the, uh, it's not the Midwest. It's the, I don't know what it is, but there's there's one in the middle of the yeah, country. Yeah, but every, every region has a manufacturing yeah. I- index. In the, and, uh, uh, yeah, that article I sent you, the, the New York manufacturing is took a record dive. And uh, the only it's only the only dive worse was the month after COVID came out, like May March of twenty twenty, right? Mm-hmm. So these guys went to like a negative. I should know the one of them in the Midwest. It's the Midwest one, and uh, we'll see what that does. And I I just looked at the Atlanta Fed GDP. They still have the third quarter GDP positive only because of increase in government spending, which you know. But I, I don't see how. Uh, this all this all sort of ties together, um, Kevin. Because if if you're not going to get your income tax chunk of this bill that you that you think you're going to get, you're going to start giving people you know tax deductions for electric cars and all this other kind of crap, basically right away. So guess yeah, guess what's going to go up to an equal amount of the tax re- relief, <laughs> the well, price of an electric car. Oh sure, without without a doubt. Hey, you know I have a really a really stupid question. When when we do a gas tax here, the object of the gas tax was that uh, the more gasoline you used, you either had a heavier vehicle or you drove more. So there was some logic into that regarding road maintenance, correct? So what are we going to do with the new Ford F-150 pickup that's 2,000 pounds heavier than the than the gas one, the electric one? Well, we're not going to collect gas, ta- gas tax on it anyway. I understand that. So what... what what tax are we're not going to we're not going to do any tax? We're going to institute a mi- watch. There will be a mileage tax when they get enough market penetration for electric vehicles. There will be a mileage tax, and the mileage tax will be assessed on everyone. Whether you have a even if you have a gas powered a gasoline powered vehicle, you'll still get a mileage t- uh, char- uh, tax, and that's going to be in the smart meter that reports back on your on your vehicle. Um, and uh, and so if you have a, um, a gasoline-powered vehicle, you'll be paying tax twice. Um, Mark my words on this. When does the... And boy, I sure as hell don't... Although we're having somewhat of a revolution in Chicago right now. Yesterday somebody got shot at high noon driving driving in a car by Humboldt Park. Middle of the day, a guy got shot. Was it an electric car? Well, I don't know. Maybe if it was an electric car, he wouldn't have got... You know, been faster, he wouldn't have got shot or something. Anyway, I mean, what, when is just, just want to know <coughs> if it was a green shooting or not? Well, when are we? Uh, when, when are we going to turn this bus around? I, mean, there is, I, I see everybody I talk to, a matter of the left, right, wherever. Everybody, well, of course, I lead the witness a little bit. So, in fairness, um, I, I, just about everybody agrees that I talk to. Again, I can I don't be like a knucklehead on TV. I've talked to twelve Nobel Prize winning guys. The 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 the, the uh, disconnect between our the public servants I'll use that term, and 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 the rank and file meaning us I don't think I've ever seen it this wide. They they have zero connection with what's going on with most people. I I, I mean I, I'm convinced that uh, you know taxation wise inflation wise I mean this this particular bill is going to cause the federal government if, even if you want to be charitable and say at the end of ten years it comes out even it's not going to come out even right away. So there's money that they don't have that they're going to be putting out this year. 
Now, are they going to tax people for it? Uh, they are in some ways because the inflation is driving people into new tax brackets. Because they're going to get a little bit from that. Uh, are they going to tax people yeah, for there it? There aren't as many tax brackets, though, so they're going to get a little bit, not a lot. Yes, I'm saying a little bit. Uh, the biggest one is from uh, at 41000 you go from 12% to 22 That's That's a pretty big jump. Mm-hmm. So that that's kind of the key one. Um, especially... Because at forty-one thousand, you've already pay. You're already paying. If if God help you, if you're a, uh, say, God, at forty-one thousand, if you are a independent contractor, you're already paying six in payroll taxes, right? So that's a number, and you got to be paying what eight hundred a month minimum in in uh, hospitalization. Plus, you have a huge deductible. So let's say, let's say that's another twelve. So you're eighteen grand out of the gate in uh in hospitalization and in uh, payroll taxes out of your 41 grand so that leaves you 23 rent anywhere is 15 I think you're broke Kevin what do you think uh, yeah and, and, and it's not going to be a slow trip no and uh, wh- when, when is the which is why you're seeing the numbers that you're seeing when you go look at things like uh, um Average household savings and uh, credit card debt. Um, but, but that that I'm going to say I'm going to look right now to see if this number has moved again today. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to say that 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 number is on a collision course. That that cannot last more than another six months at this rate. Just saying. I agree. And now, no question is, what happens when that happens? When people just say enough. Oh, well, first of all, they're going to default on everything, which means we're going to start to create some credit bubbles, some real interesting ones. Um, and you people uh, not paying? Okay, then, you know, we, we've, we've been, we're denying the uh, uh, recession, um, but I don't, think, I don't think it's going to be deniable for long. Oh, we're down to... We're trying to redefine it. I don't know what the definition is going to be when you get a third quarter that uh, in a row that's worse than the first two. Uh, savings per family, I'm down to 8,300. That was 9,200 a month ago. So, how many how many families do we have? 80 million. Yeah, for for the listeners' sake and and mine, what's what's the source on that? Where this where is coming from the U.S. Debt Clock, and and their their definition is liquid cash and personal savings. Now, this is not. This is not wealth or anything like that. Liquid cash and personal savings for all U.S. families divided by the number of U.S. families. So it's it's a very sloppy number. It's a it's a mean, not a median. Uh, but the fact the movement is what I'm charting. It's not you yeah, know. So we don't. It, it doesn't give a good idea for the variance, which no. would be nice to know. Right. I mean, there's no question. It's a it, it's a, it's a sloppy number. But when you start talking about wherever they're getting it, okay. Um, it was twelve thousand dollars, like in April. And, and you might argue that it's actually overstated because there's there because we've let so many. Well, we we already had a lot of uh, uncounted families in the uh, country, and and we've been have, and more have been coming in uh, all year or for the last two years in record numbers. So now we have these other households, and you know that they aren't coming with savings. Well, then you're going to come. Is this really is the savings accounts include demand deposits? Does it include you know five hundred grand at a securities firm like PTI? I mean, it probably doesn't. But the fact is, whatever it's charting, it's moving. 
and we're down here. I mean, but a hundred hours a week uh, times you know eighty million families. So what is that? Eight hundred million. It's eight billion dollars in one week. That's a lot of dough. And if you, if you combine that, yeah, with and, and you did make a, you did just make a good point that should not be lost, and that is whether you like the way it's measured or not, as long as it's consistently measured, it's tracking over time in a bad direction. Right, it's tracking something, yeah. And it's, but and, and you're talking at the same time, when your savings per family, 8300 bucks, personal debt per citizen is 70700 It's personal debt. That doesn't include uh, t- total debt. No, it doesn't we, include government debt is what no, you're saying? No, it doesn't. Not, the uh, government, see if I have a total debt per... Uh, I have, I have a debt debt per taxpayer. U.S. national debt is two hundred forty three grand. That's a real number. State debt state debt per citizen is uh, uh this per citizen it keeps going from taxpayer to citizen here, so you gotta be careful with that. St- uh, debt per citizen in the states is thirty six hundred. So the, the 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 message, no matter how you you basically bitch at any one of the individual numbers, the message is pretty awful, Kevin. <laughs> I mean, it's really awful. Now, of course, on the other hand, the assets of what people own and what the government owns, I mean, there's a, there's a, you know, there's a gazillion dollars in assets, too, but it's, you know, I don't, I don't, whatever this number is, I just would like to see an uptick at some point. And I'd like to see the credit card stuff. Yeah, if, you're, if you own more assets, you know, it would logically conclude that then your debt would go down. Or certainly your net worth would improve. Well, But it's not. It's not what we're seeing. Well, the I mean, the the entire, and I'll, I'll, I won't I won't blame COVID, but I'll say in the COVID era, the entire shift of all these numbers, whatever they are, with the inflation, everything all piled on top of each other. I mean, for me, Kevin, and you know, it's what I, I keep trying to maybe educate or at least point out to people. I won't say educate, but I just did. But the uh, it it this is this is all one big moving picture. You know what I'm saying? It's it's like the I mean, the, the guy, the, the 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 director that I always think about is uh, is is John Ford, and and John Ford, his his claim to fame, well, he did a lot of Western movies. Actually, his entire life was a was a history of the U.S. Right when he first when he first became a director, he started doing like Revolutionary War movies, you know, the Indian Wars, and then it was uh, Wars in the West, and he did a couple Civil War movies, and, and he worked his all the way through to World War Two, right. And it, but, it, but when he did a movie, he would always, he'd always, he always tried to have, to the extent you could in those days with the technology, a bunch of stuff going on on the same page. Like he'd have, his big thing was a doorway shot, where you'd have John Wayne in the doorway with the scene with him and the people in front of him, but there also was a scene in the back of the doorway, right? Like history was moving on. There was stuff happening behind him as well. But what I'm trying Are to you do where is... else they did that really well? Don't say a clockwork orange. No, Mad Magazine. There was always something in the corner of the panel. Oh God, yeah. Well, I remember Mad Magazine. It was the best. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, you couldn't just you know look at, at at the center of the pictures that they had. You had to look at what was going on off on the corners. You'd have like but anyway, we digress. You'd have like Eliani's band singing in the corner of the of the the cartoon or something. Oh God, it could be anything. It yeah. could be anything. The uh, no, I mean, our, our crumb cartoons were like that too. But but all all this stuff <laughs> is happening all in a. In a you know it had been a big choreography. The idea now, two and a half years later, the the idea of an automobile being more than a median income, that that's unconscionable, Kevin. It's unconscionable. I mean, it, the the idea of, of of 
of rent being, I mean, the average rent in Chicago now has got to be, what, 2200 bucks, 22000 bucks. For God's sake, that's, that's two-thirds of, a, of the median salary. I mean, it, these, these numbers are, are encroaching on people to a point where they're, they're absolutely unlivable. I mean, and, and whether you believe me on whether they're unlivable or not, you can't, you can't deny me on the trend, I don't think, can you? No, I, I, I don't think you can at all. And was it you talking yesterday about the, do the people, you know, in, in Washington, do they have a clue about any of this? I, I, I don't or think they do. are they so far detached? All right, we've got to head off the break, Kevin. SP Futures down 34, and SP Futures down 132, first down day in a while, at least down warning. Although we actually we've had a couple down mornings, we've turned right around. We'll see what happens today. Be right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com/jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. Companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage healthcare costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. 
But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Hello and welcome back to Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Howe. We have Eliani on the board. SP Futures up. I'm sorry, I keep saying up. We've been up for five days in a row. Down 35. Nasdaq Futures down 136. Dow Futures down 191. Yesterday, uh, well, let's see yesterday right now. Yesterday, the Dow was up uh, 239. Almost all of that was Home Depot and uh, Walmart. Uh, Home Depot, when I was doing the show, or we were doing the show, was down like four bucks. It ended up like up 16 or some number. So it had a huge turnaround. Over in Europe, we've got uh, the DAX down 162, 1.2%. They're pretty down over here. FTSE down 31.4, CAC around down 35.5. The DAX has been uh, the most uh, volatile over there. By the way, Germany has decided to keep their three remaining nuclear plants open. Duh. You would think they would have done that. Uh, Nikkei, however, up 353, 1.2%. They were down the other day. Shanghai up 14.4%. Hang Sang up 91, but still can't make it back to 20,000, 19,922. It's up 0.5%, but are making a try at it at least. Uh, bonds up six basis points, 2.89. The Bund up 12 basis points. Wow, well over a, a point here. It's a big move in the Bund, 1.10 in the 30-year rate over there. Uh, Japan up two to 0.18. Uh, we've got oil down eight cents, 86.45. Kind of mired under 90 dollars here. Brent down 36 cents, 91.89. Natural gas up nine cents, 9.42. We've got gold. Uh, down seven bucks, seventeen eighty-two. Gold uh, can't get a bid here again after running back from seventeen hundred, eighteen hundred, pretty quickly. Now it's kind of easing off again. Silver down thirty-one cents, nineteen seventy-seven, under twenty bucks. Copper down three cents, three fifty-nine. We've got a Bitcoin of twenty-three thousand seven fifty-eight. That's down one hundred and seventy. And we have the U.S. dollar versus the euro. Uh, the euro's down another ten ticks. So dollar is strong again today. The euro's down to one point zero one on the dollar. That's getting pretty low. Eliani, what do you have for us? Traffic, weather, sports. Thanks, Chief. Good morning, everyone. Currently 6.35 a.m. on August 17th. Let's actually talk sports first. NFL preseason week two starts up again. Uh, We have the Bears playing the Seahawks this Thursday, August 18th at 7 o'clock. And the Cardinals will be playing the Ravens on Sunday, August 21st at 7. Looking at last night's games uh, for the MLB, Cubs beat the Nationals 7-5. They'll be playing against each other again today at 12.05. Sox beat the Astros last night 4-3 with a rematch today for the Astros to make a comeback at 7-10 today. And the Diamondbacks lost to the Giants 2-1 with a chance for the Diamondbacks to hopefully get a win today against the Giants today at 8-45. Uh, looking at traffic in Chicago this morning. Actually, weather first. <laughs> uh, Chicago is a beautiful day today. Kind of high humidity, but uh, sitting at uh, 64 degrees. Sunny with a high of 80 and a low of 63. And looking at weather in Phoenix, there is still an air quality alert. It's a, a, a level yellow, so... Uh, various cities and counties in Phoenix are, uh, in Arizona rather, are asking people to either carpool or stay home if they can, as it is dangerous to be outside. But uh, currently, partly cloudy, 89, with a high of 105, low of 83. Now talking about traffic in Chicago, kind of busy time on the roads this morning. We have traffic eastbound on 290 between Highway 45 and Harlem and between Austin and Damon. We have traffic westbound on 290 between Laramie and First Avenue. Traffic northbound on 294 between the I-88-290 ramp and Irving Park Road. 
We've got traffic eastbound on a 90 between the 294 Tri-State Ramp and Lawrence and westbound between Lawrence and West Higgins. Traffic westbound on 94 between 59th and West Division. Traffic northbound on 55 between Route 171 and South Damon. And finally, traffic northbound on 57 between West 119th and the 94 East Ramp. Back to you, Chief. The, um, yeah, Kevin, I mean, everybody thinks that, uh, I, I, is, you know, say this once in a while, say it one more time, hopefully the last time, the fixation people have with inflation and gasoline, I, I just can't get it. I mean, I understand it, but it's the only thing you do probably where the price is staring you right in the face. But uh, still, it's I, that the the little snippet I heard uh, last Monday from one of the, my friends downstairs in the the bar downstairs. I'll be I'll be candid, uh, telling me that her dog had a surgery. It was eleven thousand bucks. Kevin, I just I don't know my my wacky economic brain immediately says wow the the amount of people that have adopted dogs during the uh covid if they had any idea that a, a you know a reasonable bed vet visit was going to be eleven thousand dollars out of their checkbook after we just talked about a savings per family is 8300 bucks i don't even mean i tell you what when i when i adopted scruff scruffy <laughs> i don't know if it was more of a name than a description but anyway he uh, he allegedly was ten. I think he, I got sandbag Kevin. I think he was really twelve, because we had two or three pretty good years together, and then I basically had to take care of him for a couple of years, which I did lovingly. But uh, the thought of me, you know, I mean, life is is pretty good. But the thought thought of me adopting a ten year old dog now, knowing what the vet bills are, I'd really have to be out of my mind, wouldn't I? I mean, I how could you, how can you possibly go there? How, how, how does how does a, a morning in the vet be eleven grand? I mean, what what are you paying people in there? Not very much because I know all, there's two vet techs that work downstairs in the bar as bartenders. So clearly, <laughs> they're not making two hundred grand a year as vet techs. Yeah, tech. it's, it's vet techs don't make much money. So. No, so I mean, where, where exactly are you getting? I'd like to see how the uh, the, the variable costing is on an eleven thousand dollars surgery that takes an hour and a half. I mean, uh, who, who who gets all that dough? Like that that seems like a lot. Uh, Anyway, I mean, I mean it, well, yeah, it, especially when you figure that veterinarians don't face the same kinds of liability uh, uh, claims uh, that you know that doctors who work on humans do. Because when it comes to pets, you aren't liable for like future earnings or damage or any of that. You know, you're liable for the value of the pet as as if it's a commodity item. Well, what I'm saying is the the idea that 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 People continue. Well, what I'm saying is that component is completely non-existent, right? In but you're, but you're, veterinary world, but your 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 population continually gets talked to by your 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 officials and saying, "Don't worry, gas prices are coming down. Everything's okay. It's not okay. It's just not okay." But I, you know, yeah. Just, uh, look, gas prices are important. Yeah, and they're important for a number of reasons. Uh, you know, obviously, we we all have transportation expense and. Uh, but but there's it, it's also the transportation of products uh, getting to you know uh, to you know from from raw materials through getting them on the shelves of stores uh, you know you have a, a, a big transportation cost in there but in addition to that you have a lot of petroleum content in products and so it affects those so gas prices to that extent are a gauge but they're also something. That does. It's a commodity that does rise and fall based on the and, and just because. So you know that I'm listening. Based on the quality, uh, the quantity demanded. Um, that you know the, we, the, the re- 
reason that gasoline prices have fallen lately is because people aren't buying as much of it. Um, you know, we've fallen to uh, basically the pandemic levels of consumption. So, uh, so you know, in in that respect, it's not a good measure of inflation because it doesn't tell you. It, it doesn't indicate. Uh, the falling gasoline prices doesn't indicate that fuel uh, that food prices have come down because they haven't. Right. Well, you also have. I went through it yesterday. I'll, I'll dig it up here again. In uh, in, in the in the oil business, I mean, it, you know what, Kevin? If I if I were to come back as a as a as like kind of a money manager or something, if I was if I was young, I would love. I mean, Tom Shanahan used to come on the show once in a while, but now he moved out west. Uh, Tommy knew all about these. Uh, oil companies and, and which ones are doing this and that and who were and it, it was fascinating that, that and he went to all these uh, seminars where the oil companies were there like the guys that had a Chevron and all these people and uh, and and he you know he, and he was he was uh, you know really up on this stuff and it was always really nice to hear maybe I could, maybe I will get him on someday but but this is this is such a cyclical business in in the middle of the of the COVID and this this really had to do with with uh, I'm not going to blame Trump for this. I'll blame him for all kinds of stuff. But, but the fact is, this this is what's what's wrong with blaming people in the various presidencies because a lot of what happens in the world is is somewhat timing and it just sort of happens on your watch. Well, back in in 2020 or whenever the hell, he when when the oil prices got down to what 28 dollars a barrel, there was panic in the industry. What are we going to do? Everybody's shutting down their wells or doing this and that. And he actually he actually made the plea to Saudi Arabia when everybody's Basically bitching at Biden and not and not drop your shorts for Saudi Arabia because they're, they're a bunch of crooks and whatever else they are, which they are, I think. It's a, it's a horrible regime. They, you know, they beat up on people and on religions and whatever. That's my opinion of them. I'm not asking anybody else to have the same one, but the fact is, you know, he he basically went hat in hand and said, "You guys got to turn off the the spigots because this, the allegation was. I mean, who are these alligators? Uh, was it Saudi Arabia and Russian combined? Were were pouring stuff into the market to try and beat up on our frackers. You know, whether they were or they weren't, they did. Because, oh, they definitely were. Yeah, so the... I mean, uh, it, it was it basically it was a form of dumping. Right, and our and our, our rig count went from a uh, high of uh, this is rotary rigs. If you ask me to define what a rotary rig is, I don't know if I could do that. 2018, we went from 1,056 in 2020 after this huge fiasco with the oil. We, we low-balled low out at 250. So if you didn't know it then, if you didn't put two and two together, if you didn't just listen to all these goofballs on TV, if you actually just looked at these numbers, you would say, guess what? These guys have gone too far in the other direction like they always do in the oil industry. I'm not blaming them. It's just what everybody together saying, I can't run this rig at this price, and off they go. Oh, the bullwhip effect. Yeah, but, but you, don't put it, you don't put it in a warehouse and wheel it back out again when you need it. They're being sold overseas, and you're not going to do that with something that expensive. Anyway... So yeah, from, no, I understand. So from that day forward, now, of course, prices have gone the other way, and we're scrambling to come back. And we wonder, okay, why are gas prices falling a little bit? Well, here we are. Last month, we've been averaging, and I said this two years ago, the, the fastest we can crank up on these things is twenty twenty five a month. Sure enough, here we are. Last month was seven thirty eight, up from seven nineteen, up from six ninety, up from six sixty two, up from six thirty six. So we're we're back kind of in the middle. So we have more supply on this end, and it's one of the reasons why it's the prices are going down again. I mean, so you can't you can't ignore this. 
and, and blame it all on, on, on Joe Biden fixing the inflation problem. <laughs> I mean, re- really? I well, mean, no, 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 no. But, that, uh, yeah. but that's, not what, that's not what the blame for Biden is. The blame for Biden is to slow down, to stop approving leases, to, uh, and, 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 you know, just kill lease auctions so that, uh, so that you, there wasn't, you know, and so that there was a big slowdown on drilling. And uh, and really, to, to as much as anything, to jawbone down the uh, oil industry, and that's the difference between the two cases that you describe. You know, it, look, Trump was trying to uh, address with the Saudis that they were, you know, dumping product onto the market cheaper than uh, than it, you know, than was justified. Now, you know, if you believe in free markets, you'd say, who cares? As long as we're getting low lower oil prices, but they were trying to kill an industry he was trying to uh, to get up and running. The emphasis the other way is to stop drilling in the United States, and, uh, uh, and, and that's a little bit different tone. And so when he's going hat in hand to the uh, uh, Saudis, he's, what he's trying to do is to get them to drill more, uh, not... You know, so that so that we don't have to in the United States because he can't sell that to his constituency. Well, what I would say to what you just said, by the numbers here, um, I hell, I have to do this. You are exactly correct, and it shows up in the numbers because we had in two thousand and eight we had the same sort of up and down fiasco sort of thing here, and when the rigs turned around to the upside, they were more like forty five fifty a month. On the up on uh, the growth, same way in, in 2014. By the way, I'm reading this oh, is uh, is the EIA.gov, uh, and so these these are these are real numbers. They go back to 1973. So I don't. So I mean, so in, in the same thing happened in 2014. Kevin, we went from 1,861 rigs down to uh, eight. Oh, where'd we go? Seven, four seventeen. But then when we started to build back up. We we were doing thirty five forty to fifty a month, which is a lot different than what we're doing now. So I'm going to say the the rate of build is slower because nobody trusts the current administration. The minute we get back to some price at which they they're not getting bitched at every day, they're not going to want it any lower. I mean, they, yeah, they the really, beatings will continue. Then. Yeah, the beatings will then continue or resume is probably the yeah. better word. The beatings will resume. Yes, and uh, so I mean, there's there's no question that. that Somebody somewhere or somebody's. I mean, let's put it this way. I mean, I, I've been, you know, when I was in college and you were with me, Kevin. I know you're a little younger. Uh, this all started in 1973 with the Arab oil embargo, right? Ever since then, how many years ago that was? We've had all kinds of issues regarding. We had the Arab War, you know, or the Israeli War. We had we had all kinds of stuff happening in here, right? And and we're. Clearly, what's what's obvious is as much as people want everybody to get smaller cars, better mileage, all this stuff, you have some government mandates, which I think have somewhat helped. You know, I don't know they might have happened anyway. Probably would have happened anyway. Uh, but basically, when gas is two fifty a gallon, people buy campers, people buy pickup trucks, and and nobody really cares about the tiny little car that if you get if you get whacked, you're dead or whatever. It might be too harsh, but nobody wants nobody wants to ride in that little thing. I certainly don't. Okay, so. There's no doubt that if if you want to really change people's habits, you would you would want a higher price of gasoline. I'm not saying I do. I'm saying with that policy-wise, there's no doubt that that would be the most effective way of getting there. Now in Europe, what they do, and I'm not 
I'm just explaining here, Lucy. I'm not advocating. What they do is they put a big tax on it. So at least then the, the, the money sort of stays in-house, for lack of a better term. I don't, again, I'm not a big fan of that either, but the fact is that's, that's what they did. But now here, you, when you look and see, Illinois was going to be a fracking area. Ohio was going to be a fracking area. As we've ramped this back up here now the last year and a half and we're panicking because these prices are so high, I see none of that happening, Kevin. There's, there's no question that nobody, that nobody is going to make a move into northeast Ohio, maybe eastern Pennsylvania, uh, I mean western Pennsylvania, areas that are new. There's no new areas that I can see. I mean, I, there might be a, you know, a, that, that people think that this all of a sudden we need more gasoline is very short term given the policies. Is that fair? I think that's fair. And, you know, where we were, uh, say, five years ago, is it was more of a cat-and-mouse type of game where, you know, they, they were trying to uh, get prices down. The, the Saudis and the OPEC countries in general, they wanted to get prices down so that it wasn't attractive to drill in the United States. And then as United States production slowed down, we saw gas prices spike back up because then they wanted to reap the profits of right. that. And then when production in the U.S. started going back up, then you saw them dumping more uh, cheap oil on the market. And, and this was, you know, this was going on for a few years. And, you know, that's okay. I mean, that's, that is sort of how they would zero in, they would have zeroed in on some kind of equilibrium. There's a, uh, you know, but, but now what we're trying to do is we're trying to get people to switch to, uh, you know, alternative fuels and uh, and electric vehicles and things and, and you know the whole the whole agenda there. We're trying to get people there by squeezing them um, instead, and that's just that's just dumb economic policy. Well, but, but these are people. Know, these are people that it's like Gladys Kravitz on steroids. They're going to tell people what to do. We have a, an all kinds of people like that, and the COVID made it worse. But there was a, you know, Kevin, I, I could almost give you this challenge because you are a guy that could. I know that I sent out. I'm up to it, damn it. I, I know that I sent out a, uh, I won't call it a graph, some sort of a figure. Now, whether it's even on the internet anymore, even if you could find my email, it was one of the most fascinating. You know, I'm, I'm sort of a luddite when it comes to this stuff. It was a, uh, an interactive. What do you call them, Kevin? An interactive map. You were on the end. You're so much better at this. Basically, the U.S., but you could you could scrunch it down to certain areas, and it had whoever did it must have spent hours on it. And it, and if 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 you hit the button, with your little mouse click the button, it showed over a five-year period or a four-year, whatever it was, all the increase in in fracking areas, essentially drilling and fracking and whatever over that period. I'm going to say, Kevin, it had to be from what. 2016 to 20 or something, maybe, maybe it was 15 to 19, I don't know, somewhere in there. And then all of a sudden when the prices went the other way, when the Arabs started doing this stuff, the Arabs and the Russians allegedly, the next thing, you see this purple coming up all over your screen, then all of a sudden all the purple all erased the same way as, as they all went down. And it was, it was, there were, I think the, the red was the proposed, the purple was actually running. It, they did this, was a totally interactive map for this fracking stuff. And at the same time, there was a, a, a lady who somehow uh, came to Chicago, and, and she must have listened when we were on the air, and she became a, an avid listener. I haven't heard from her in years, and I hope she's still with us. Uh, but her 
they they had they were in uh, I think she lived around where, where do they play the baseball World Series? She lived around there. Uh, was that oh Williamsport? William, she lived somewhere around there, and her yeah, Eastern Pennsylvania. If you ever driven through Pennsylvania, it's kind of a you drive along and you see these you know these big mountains, and you wonder who the hell owns these things. They're, they're totally tree covered. They're not like the Rockies, obviously. And you see some little town by the river, you know, hanging off the edge of a mountain next to a river, and it might be a little steel plant. And basically, that's Pennsylvania. And uh. Well, her, her husband and his buddies from the family, she sent me this, we were talking about it on the air one day, so she sends me this big letter, and uh, her husband and, and his buddies own this hunting lodge up on the top of one of these hills, and I guess the families had collectively owned the top of this this mountain for, you know, whatever, probably two generations. Maybe sort, more. sort of like the Walton's Mountain. Yeah, ba- yeah sort of. But, you know, they, you know, they lived in town, and on the weekends, all the guys would run up there and drink and shoot deer, and it was a big, you know, testosterone fest, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> drink and shoot what? Beer cans, you said? Deer. Oh, they were all big at hunting. Everybody's up there blasting stuff. Probably and, shooting at beer cans. Well, maybe, maybe you got to practice shooting at the beer cans. So anyway, all of a sudden, this, this fracking joint shows up and, and says, we, want, we, 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 like, want your mountain. <laughs> okay, then. They give up. They give them like I don't know, quarter million bucks to split up, just just for option to do something over the next ten years. That's how long she listened, and uh, so there were the so over the ten year period, like near the end, the deal was they were going to build a road. They had to pay for the road, and oh by the way, when they were done with the fracking, they had to take the road out and replace it by planting trees to where it would look like the mountaintop again in twenty years or something. So and they and they had deals with all the other people around them. To put these temporary pipelines on the ground, have you ever seen those? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they put so all of a sudden near the end of the time, the ten years, so they didn't lose the lease. They came in and they spent like a million and a half bucks on this road. They put the temporary thing. In. I don't think they ever started. They just they just bagged it. Now whether and I haven't heard from her like I said in years. So whether they they fixed the road again or not, I don't think they ever. They had to be one of the places on this map, Kevin. That were that were. But this was this was like I said in the middle of Pennsylvania. There was all kinds of stuff going on in uh, around Cleveland and the mountains. Or there's, there's some little, little bit around Cleveland and Youngstown, that very eastern Ohio area. There was some in there. Don't you remember Southern Illinois? Where the big bitch was, uh, they were going to force all the counties in Southern Illinois to to repair all their bridges to allow all this heavy equipment to come across the bridges, even though they weren't going to they weren't going to cut the county in and any of the money from the from the fracking. Typical state of Illinois crap. And all of a sudden, they they repaired all these bridges and everything, and then nobody ever showed up. It, it, I mean, it, it's been an amazing history here. That you know, if you just get bits and pieces of it on Twitter, and this guy's doing this, and that guy's doing that, this guy hates the industry. And this guy, I mean, it, you, you don't get any part of any part of the whole thing, the story. And it's well, but and, and that's how it works. Is you know, you 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 want to call dibs on uh, on on as many spots as you can. You're not necessarily going to drill them all. Um, it, it, there's, you're going to prioritize, and then depending on the market circumstances and so on, you're either going to you're either going to dive in or you're not going to dive in. Um, but uh, but you want to have your spot reserved, regardless. But it costs you a lot of dough. I mean, it's, I'll, it's I'll, sort of like buying the skybox at the at the yeah, ballpark. I'll bet that this this one place where she wrote me by, I'm going to say just by extrapolating that it was at least a two and a half million dollar fiasco. Assuming they put the road back in for this company, whoever the hell they were, then how many times, how many other places, and it wasn't just their mountain, I'm sure, and how many other places are like that? I mean, these places use they lose they lose a fortune when these prices go back down and they're and they're out over their skis on this investment. I mean, this stuff is not cheap, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, and and it takes a real skill to manage that. 
uh, effectively. You know, it, it, it's it, it's not easy because you you know, like I said, you you want to grab your spots. You want to have you want to make sure that you have access, all the access that you need. But at the same time, you have to uh, uh, you know you have to you have to manage the risk and the losses. And you need you know you 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 acknowledge that there's a certain amount of loss that you're going to have, but there's uh, there's also unacceptable levels of loss, and um, and people lose their jobs for getting into the unacceptable realm. Um, real quick, we only got a couple minutes left. What what are you seeing? Uh, you you got your your feet on the ground. Uh, uh, Audrey was at, and I actually talked to Nancy on on uh, Sunday. She came over to Audrey's for breakfast. Very knowledgeable of the two, the two of them. Uh, what Nancy's talking about? Well, one of my guys in the mortgage service industry says that uh, uh, who are you guys? Uh, not Speedo Mortgage, uh, Rapid 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 is it Rapid? One of those places laying off ten thousand people, and she goes, everybody she knows, every everything she everybody she knows in the industry is laying off somebody. Uh, what do, what do you? We see this Empire State number. What are you seeing in? Uh, in your area, what are the distribution stuff? I, I am seeing. Uh, I've been. I saw hours cut several months ago, and we're seeing layoffs now. Um, could you put your finger as to why just people are cutting back on their buy-in, or what? Yeah, uh, economic slowdown. Um, it, it's it, it's really as simple as that. You know, there there really really is um, a recession. <laughs> you know, what do, what were you? Uh, you sent me the thing yesterday about Home Depot. You want to get like two minutes? You want to go through that a little bit? Oh yeah, um, and, and let me let me pull up what I sent you because that will uh, um, help keep me on uh, on track. But Home Depot announced the earnings yesterday. Um, but uh, Home Depot also uh, they they talked about their um, you know their their sales volume, and this is something you've you've raised. A lot, and it shows up in you know if you go to home the Home Depot website, and they have a, a number of documents around their uh, their earnings. But basically, they said during the first quarter, our, our comp average ticket increased 11.2 percent, and comp transactions decreased 8.4 percent. So, in other words, they had a business slowdown of 8.4 percent. But the earnings beat uh, beat their projections, and the profitability beat their projections because their prices increased eleven point two. Uh, because they're basically and that's a, a quarter. That's a quarter. That's, that's eleven point two and a quarter. That's a cartel. I mean, I wonder, Kevin. We will talk more about this on Friday, maybe. If they if they're more successful in raising their prices when they're sort of within X number of miles of somebody else, but if they got a Menards or a, a Lowe's down the block, if they can't, I wonder if there's any difference there. I don't know how you. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there is because where I live, you can go to Elkhart. I mean, th- these places are within 20 minutes of me. You can go to Elkhart, and there is a Lowe's and a Menards right next to each. You know, basically up the street from each other. And then if you go the other direction to Mishawaka, there is Lowe's, Home Depot, and Menards all within a mile of each other. So it's it may be a little more competitive. You also have places like. Um, um, when, what's the uh, l- lumber company? I can't. Uh, I'm blanking on the name. There's a local. Uh, well, we'll, we'll the, lumber. maybe we can dig up uh, some of this stuff on Friday. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, but there, you know, it, it's it's a small it's a small area, but they they do have the ability to recapture their costs on the revenue side. Yep, that's not infinite. SP Futures down 34, and SP Futures down 126. Be right back, Professor Russell Rhodes. 
This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gain for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate, this summer could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates, and a good inventory make adding bricks-and-mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You can reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Something happening here. Welcome back to uh, Stacks and Jacks. I'm Tom Oliani on the board. SP Futures down 33. We've been right kind of stuck on this number since we came in. NASDAQ Futures down 120. We've been there and uh, really have barely moved. Uh, do we have the professor? Yes, I'm, I'm recovering. Uh, from what? He has the vids. I don't know. There's this disease that's been going around or whatever for a couple of years. And it finally got the roads household. And it finally got you. It's finally got us, yes. He has the so. vids. Uh, there you go. There, no. And you are, you are, are vaccinated. He has no response to that. <laughs> you, are, you are vaccinated like, yeah, and double boosted, I assume? Um, I'm triple vaccinated and all that other kind of crap. And yeah, whatever. I don't need to. All right. Go on. No, I just saying I went to. I, 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 there's, there's, plenty, there's plenty of fingers to point. But number one is I, I just want to go over to China and punch somebody in Wuhan. Uh, yeah. 
Well, the reason why I, <laughs> reason why I asked is my I was at my uh, I choose my, violence my uh, my checkup last week, and I was out at uh, Loyola, and my uh, the doctor's kind of hacking a little bit. He goes, "I can't get rid of this cough." And I said, "Where'd you get the cough?" And this is the this is a big shot doctor, right? He goes, "Well, I just got over mm-hmm. COVID. My family had it. I immediately was thinking of your family having it for the first time." And I said, uh, "What?" Uh, I said, "By the way, have you been you know vaccinated?" Everything? He goes, "You know, I, he goes, I just got my second booster." And he said, you know, mm-hmm. I goes, I'm, I'm hearing all the rumors about the second booster, like everybody else. Here's the big shot doctor. And he goes, but I had to go to Europe for this big conference, and I didn't want anybody to give me any, any crap along the way about not getting my second booster. So I took it, and as soon as I took it, a week later I get it. He goes, I knew I shouldn't have done that. He says to me, I'm like, oh, oops. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know. It's just, something's weird with the second booster. But you have people, people that said it really bothered them. I, my first shot. I, no, I, I didn't get. I've I've only gotten one booster. Oh, just the one. Oh, yeah. But I'm I'm coming up on that nine where it's been nine months since uh, since I got that first booster. Well, I don't. What do you need it now for? You already had the disease. You don't own antibodies. I don't need it. I don't need it now. You were just asking if I had gotten the second okay. booster. Okay. Like, no, I never. I never got to that point. But it's a it's so. a full week to get rid of it. Most people say it's, mm-hmm. you know, shake it. It's not as easy to shake off as. Uh, when I had it originally, I barely knew I had it. That was the original one, but I was real lucky. There. Yeah, I, uh, I most definitely know. We all knew that the, the Rhodes household knew we had, we had it. So yeah, and when I spoke with you last week, I was already in quarantine because other people had it. Right. Are you taking any and, of the, uh, those? And I'm, and I'm not a good mask wearer, apparently, because it got me. It did not get one daughter. It's hilarious if you uh, if you go upstairs where the veterans are in the house. Uh, she has set up a fan outside of her bedroom that pushes all air out. Uh, okay. She's, she's in there, and she's got. She's decided that if the fan that the fan is pushing all the bad air away from her, and that's what's kept her from getting it. All right. I don't know if uh, 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 I, I, we're not talking. We're not talking about med school here. We're not talking about. We're not. I'm not so sure an HVAC engineer would agree with that, but as long as she believes it, that's fine. No, it's not even like, it's just like a regular old box fan, man. All right, well, well maybe she might. But you know what, if it makes, it makes her feel better. But, you know, there's there, there's all kinds of people that uh, have been on the show where they've had it in their family and four of the six got it and two never did. I mean, there's people that yeah. seem to be immune to it somehow. It's it's the world's craziest disease. I mean, it's really hard to pin to have any, any sort of a... Yeah, I mean, I sympathize with the doctors and these people because this disease is kind of weird, more than kind of. But you're going to make it, and uh, you know what? I I sympathize, I sympathize with them to the point of, and of course, you know, I'm I'm coming from a, a a place of bitterness and anger right now. But I sympathize with them un, to the point until they speak in absolute, like they really know what this thing is, you know, what it's all about. Well, they clearly don't, and have it in a whole way. I know, and I don't like being told things in absolutes. When you know, I I I I don't mind if a doctor says it. You know, it would be best if you got the second booster, as opposed to you have to get the second booster, or the world will fall apart. By the way, I have, I got a text yesterday from the state mm-hmm. of Illinois saying I was due for my booster. Isn't that nice of them? Yeah. How the hell does the state of Illinois know what I have, and why do they care, and why how do they find my phone number? I don't know, but you know that that's that's step one. That's the good cop. 
Um, the second, the second one is a recorded message from Lori Lightfoot screaming at you to go get it done. Go get it done. Um, would you be really upset with me as a friend forever if I went out and bought a burn phone this weekend? Uh, no, not at all. Just uh, give me that number. I'll give it to you. You'll be there'll be like ten okay. people on the list. You will be one of the ten. Well, thank you. Yeah, as long as you don't, as long as you're not ghosting me. No, why would I do that? I have no problem with anybody that wants to ghost the mayor of Chicago. Why would? Why would I, every single time when it, when it has nothing to do with the show or anything, I've called you with a dumb economic question? Doesn't matter if it's a Sunday morning. You always answer me, and are always very polite and very nice. Why the hell would I ever ghost you? Uh, yeah, that's true. I didn't think about that. I, uh, the the last discussion that we had like that, I was on my family vacation in Palm Springs. Yeah. Hey, uh, if you yeah, don't mind, uh, I solved a major major life issue for you, and then went back to having my paella or whatever. Uh, one quick question: Are you taking any of these uh, <laughs> drugs like Jill Biden and the rest of them? These anti, uh, no, no. I've, I've got my my excellent nurse wife, or excellent wife who is a nurse. Uh, she um she she's got me on a Advil Tylenol regimen, but nothing nothing out of control. By the way, I just happen to know somebody. I won't identify her as my significant other, who has a cache of. Uh, uh, antiviral teeth from her super duper Chinese doctor and I'm sure she'd be willing to share something with you. Oh. I'm like, I, you're just tricking me to come into the studio. No, no, yeah, it's at her house. It's not here. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm <laughs> Maybe we should have a big a big hunk of it in the freezer here. Not to come to think of it. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we should. <laughs> hey, uh, if you wouldn't mind, could What's we that? continue on the... I mean, this whole uh, we've been kind of taking apart the whole the Home Depot numbers, and, and as as you know, unfortunately, you've had to listen to it. Uh, I've been very fascinated by as this whole inflation thing perks up. You look at certain areas that appear to be more competitive than others, and all along, I mean, I I think I've you know I can't prove it, but I've lobbed out there that I think the the Home Depot and the Lowe's are way more positioned way better position to deal with inflation than, say, a Walmart. Because the Walmart has more competition, I think, than the Home Depot and the, and the uh, Lowe's. Because the stack of the Home Depot has performed way better than the Walmart stuff. Now, this thing yesterday that Kevin dug over, he got out of their website. I'll just He, he kind of went through it real quick. Uh, this is the Home Depot published. During the first quarter, our comp average ticket increased 11.2%, and comp transactions decreased by 8.4%. So when you talk about the three percent increase or whatever they had in revenue, that's where it is. It's all inflation. Uh, it's all inflation. Yeah. yeah. The growth in our comp average ticket was driven primarily by inflation across several product categories, as well as demand for new and innovative products. Bull. Uh, comp transactions reflected the late start to spring and the anniversary anniversary of stimulus. What is that? Is that even a name? Is that a word? Anniversary. Anniversary. Uh, it's just uh, so. No, it. It's saying that our numbers would have been better if we didn't have a tough comparable a year ago. Ah, okay. On, the, on a two- and three-year how basis. How, how's that for Mr. Webster? Yeah. <laughs> comp ticket average and comp transactions were healthy and positive. Inflation from core commodity categories positively impact our average ticket growth by approximately 240 basis points during the first quarter. That's a lot. Uh, so the uh, driven by inflation in lumber, copper, and building materials. I wonder, uh, Russell, I don't know how... Well, you, you, you got peeps. You know, you could maybe pull this off. I don't. If you were to 
if you were to somehow have the the the, the people, I wonder if you could get any sort of difference between kind of a standalone Home Depot with nobody around them versus one where the the Lowe's is like down the black and on a bigger scale I wonder if you would find that there is an appreciable difference in the states where Menards doesn't exist because what's Menards in like 20 states 15 something like that I wonder if, if the if the price of the Home Depot in the states where Menards doesn't exist are are, are I won't say significantly, but uh, trackably higher. I don't know how you know. I know they are. You think they are? Well, it's not a think. I know. I mean, how do you know? I mean, I'm just curious. I mean, how would you? I, oh, I know cause, because um, I used to cover retail stocks for a hedge fund. Really? And at a meeting with Home Depot management in Atlanta, I asked that question. Why does that not surprise me? Were you ever invited back? Uh, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't the Federal Reserve where they would they banned you? I mean, I didn't. I I, I didn't ask it in a nasty way. I asked it. In the, I didn't ask it. In the, I asked it in a way that was really positive. I even did remember you, using the word opportunity. Did, you, and the you guys get to charge more if nobody else is around. Come up, this has come up for years, but no, I just said. So you guys, it was when there was still kind of an expansion phase going on. I mean, this is way back, and it's it's at a time period where it was almost rare that you would have a Home Depot and a Lowe's cross the street from each other. I mean, we're going back 20 years or yeah. so. I'm God, like 25 years or so. And um, I just said, you guys have the opportunity to price your products more aggressively when you don't have, you know, when, when you're not overlapping and do you think that's going to have a negative impact on your pricing power as you and Lowe's start to, uh, start to share the same footprint more and more. And um, he was like, yes, you know, each store, we do have some nuances. That, nuances in the pricing is, I think, the words he used. And it, it specifically relates to, um, you know, how far do you have to go to get the, you know, to, to buy your nails if you can't get them right there at the Home Depot. And this was also when they were thinking about, um, and this is one of the reasons I asked the question, this is when they were starting to put Home Depot's in more urban type areas, you know, they used to be one hundred percent suburban. Yeah, uh, but then they actually, and that that was that was part of the discussion that I, that had me ask that question was you know are you going to have to price lower with these uh, high density stores? Well, I think the uh, I don't know, I don't know if it was the first was, one. Yeah. I don't. Know if, I don't think. And I, I had a much more extensive conversation with the, with the, with the guy with Walgreens about this exact same thing. Really? And yeah, and um, this was. Uh, I, I lived in the Gold Coast at the time, and um, the guy the guy was like, well, "What neighborhood do you live in?" And I told him, and he goes, "Oh yeah, you're you're paying more for razor blades than somebody three blocks away sometimes." Well, I mean, I would I would guess, I and mean, obviously. I mean, I'm asking somebody who knows that the, the Walgreens said they, they put a Walgreens in his Armitage Avenue. Most bizarre, th- most mm-hmm. bizarre, bizarre thing, Russell. There was a uh, church there, uh, like a Baptist church or whatever, and every Sunday it was you know packed with all these African American people come, and it was a, the ch- church had been there. That area it used to be mostly black, and uh, there was this church mm-hmm. still there, and they were they were they were, they were rocking. I mean, you walk by and you know. It was crowded and all that stuff, and everybody seemed, you know, pretty damn nice to me. All of a sudden, I think the old man died, the, the, the pastor or whatever. The kids couldn't wait to puke the place out. 
but it it was uh, it was yeah. it was yeah. down in uh you know I don't know how quick it was down and they put a Walgreens up and where you would never have guessed there was a Walgreens and they made a three story Walgreens there's a there's a basement and mm-hmm. but it, it has turned into uh I mean I drive a couple guys home once in a while and it, it has turned into the spot where you go to get your if you want potato chips or you want some coke or something or whatever the, the, I'm gonna say that I, I'm, I'm gonna guess I won't say uh that the prescription drugs, where I get my prescriptions there, are the same anywhere as the other Walgreens. But I will bet you that because they're in, like, they're almost like the little Walmart for the other stuff, I bet the other stuff is, I bet they make a fortune on the other crap. And they don't care about the, well, you're going to care about the prescriptions, but I think they do spectacularly on the other stuff. The milk and all the other stuff in the coolers. And I'll bet that's that's a lot more expensive than, like, a Walmart or Walgreens in the suburbs where you've got, Three food stores and five gas stations selling the same thing in the same block. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Do these people still have? Uh, so yeah, I, I was always fascinated by retail, and now that you know more about it, I don't mind. I'll, I'll wander you through. Do they still have? Uh, I mean, does the <clears throat> let's say the the Myers in uh, in, in on Bell Road there uh, that I go to every Sunday morning? Do they still employ people that are over like across the street at the Jewel and down the block to the? Caputo's and a mile away at the Mariano's checking prices and stuff. Do they still people do that manually? They used to. Not that I'm aware of. They used to, didn't they? Uh, yeah, yeah. They used to have reps that would go in and do do that sort of thing. And you think that they 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 don't they don't do it anymore? Don't do it as much? Uh, I I think there are easier ways to do it than the, than there used to be. Well, do you think when I've ever been online? You can, I mean, you can, you can do it. You know, you can say, Here, "Here's my home store. What does this cost o- online?" Oh, so you're saying there's enough of Jules prices yeah. are published online that you don't need to go to the store. Is what you're saying, probably. Right. If, I mean, if if we are, uh, and, and because I have two residences, I go back and forth to Indiana. Um, if I haven't changed the address on, like, if I'm going to do a Target order and go pick it up, um, I can see the prices change. But I know. Yeah. Okay, so you don't have to be the schmo in there doing. You don't have to. You don't have to have a foot soldier go in there and and check a bunch of stuff. All right. So then, explain to me this: when I'm when I'm sitting there going mm-hmm. down the aisle, minding my own business as usual, and all of a sudden I'm yeah, and the, and the little robot comes by. What's he doing? When you're where the when robot, the, robot the, the Myers has this little yeah. robot that goes by, checking, just eyeballing everything. What's he looking at, or she, or whatever the thing is? I would assume uh, um, that's security, but I've never experienced that. Would you Would you jump like I did the first time I saw him go by me? <laughs> what, what is that? Well, my, if it's a, I'm, I'm, I get in a zone and then I can practically jump out of my skin sometimes. So I probably would. I, I think he's I think he's checking all the all the shelves to see for any any items that are that are uh, gone. I th- that's what I thought, but who knows? Need to be reshelved. Um, <laughs> I. Just from some of the discussions I had with big box, big box retailers about how much stuff gets stolen every day, I have a funny feeling it's more about making sure people aren't putting mails in their pockets. Really? Oh, yeah. Right. Well, it's, it didn't look like it was looking at me. stuck with me forever. 50, it was like $50 million worth of screws walk out the, uh, walk out the door at, without being paid for at Home Depot every year. Well, I, I remember the... Uh how many quarters was it ago? We talked about it on the air to when they they first really had the big push for everybody checking themselves out. Or they couldn't believe how much the shrinkage was. Well, duh. 
I mean, whether people, whether people yeah. did it on purpose or they just screwed up, uh, all kinds of stuff. I mean, it would probably the smaller, the smaller stuff you could put right in the bag, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I, I'm not a fixing stuff around the house person anymore. Um, uh, back when I was, yeah, you could go in, you could buy like three screws and dump them in a little bag and stuff. Well, you know, if you just need a couple of screws, what's to stop you from putting that in your pocket? Well, the best is if you go to the, like the Ace Hardware, <coughs> where the guy spends 10 minutes with you for the exact three screws mm-hmm. you want. You'd have to be a real yeah. bleep to put those in your pocket after the guy spent all that time on you. It's a buck and a half. <laughs> uh, even, even better is you could just order it from Amazon right in front of him. Oh yeah, it's well. That would be awful. Yeah, people used to do that in the uh, Best Buy all the time. They look at the TV. No, I see them do it at the micro center. I see it. I see it at micro center a lot. I have a, 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 a real quick, real quick, yeah. stupid question. Let's get on to some of this economics on these bills mm-hmm. and stuff. But how is it that the that the mattress industry has been so, I'm going to say, clever? It never getting you able to actually compare prices. And I'm going way back in the day when I first bought my house in Beverly and I go out to buy a bed and I went to Fields, I went to Carson's, I went to Goldblatt's. And <clears throat> even if it was a Stearns and Foster, whatever it was, you could never get the same bed at the three places. They had a different name at every place. I'm sure it might have been the same bed, but you could never say exactly. You could never actually compare the something-something perfect sleeper Imperial at one place was the perfect sleeper, something, something it feels, and something, something. You could never actually, yet the, the people in the video, <clears throat> like the TV business, I'm going to say we're, I won't say, I could say we're so dumb, not as clever, where you could actually walk in the Best Buy, <clears throat> look at the, you know, 42 inch Sony for two, two grand, go online and buy the exact same model for 1500 somewhere else and not pay taxes. How is it that they were never clever enough, like the mattress people, to never let that happen? Where there would be a different model number on the one at the Best Buy versus the one on Amazon, and you could never actually say it was the same TV? I'm sure they probably could have if they had uniquely named them based on where you buy them, but keeping that name differential was the only thing that they did to keep you from being able to do that. Well, I'm saying, I mean, you had a suspicion. In the the mattress area. I think maybe it's just with TV. And the other thing is, you know, the TV, uh, if you know all the specs on it, uh, at least to me, one screen's going to look pretty much the same as the other screen, regardless of the manufacturer. Well, you can make an educated guess and that it was and, the same and thing. You but can say the same thing for the mattress, but you've got to go from store to store and yeah. lay on the mattress. Yeah, I'm saying you could make an educated guess, yeah. but you, you never really mm-hmm. could put your finger on it like you could the TVs. You know, in the radio. Yeah, it's much easier. It's much easier to do with the TV, especially because you can put like the model number in there, and it comes up across the board what it costs everywhere. The uh, all right. So, what do you think of? Uh, well, I'm going to ask you a a, po- a political question. Um, as, okay. as as the the people that are somewhat moderate Republicans continue to get their ass kicked in the primaries as the. The, the, the Trumpers continue to win because that, whatever, that 25% of the party continues to dominate and vote. Do you think that's going to hurt them in November? Um, do I think it's going to hurt the Republican Party in November? Yeah. Uh, 
No. And, and, and what I'm thinking of is, is there are rumors that there have been crossover votes where uh, the Democrats think it would be better to run against somebody that's, that's like a, a Trump supporter than a non-Trump supporter. So they, they've been trying to sneak, you know, who they think an easier beat in for for the fall. But I think in the long run, all that stuff just doesn't, doesn't just kind of washes itself out and doesn't, you know, doesn't have the effect that, that folks hope it will. Well, I mean, let's get the pro Trump. Let's get the pro Trump guy in there because he's going to be much easier to beat. Well, you know, in that's a very difficult blanket statement. When you're talking about the House of Representatives, because every district is so unique. Well, I'm talking about in uh, yeah. like the lady in Wyoming um, because she voted mm-hmm. for the impeachment. Now she's out. Now does that mean now that the person I don't know who the hell ran against her, but if if that mm-hmm. person is, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is is the this affiliation with between the, the moderates can't even come out of the closet. Uh, I use that term on purpose in the Republican Party because mm-hmm. if you you can't get the twenty percent to vote for you in the primaries, but that doesn't mean that a lot of people wouldn't necessarily like you, like including me. I mean, uh, so I mean, I don't know how the, the way they're going about it, and actually the way the Democrats are going about it too. I mean, if you're not on this, you know, this this amazing side that they're on, the, the whole middle is just being. I mean, sixty percent of the people seem oh, yeah. without a candidate anywhere, and I'm and I'm one of the people in the sixty percent. <clears throat> no, it's it's gotten worse and worse and worse as far as um, for the most part, you've got to be uh, toward one extreme or the other. It seems to me the whole economics. Well, I'm sure I'm sure that there are you know districts in the United States where you've got a a, a blend of people and somebody that's more in the, in the middle may be more attractive to. You know, enough of the constituency, regardless of whether they're a Republican or a Democrat. But for the most part, you know, what there's 500 plus of those seats, um, I'd say like four, four fifty. It's just which party you with, and then they're, you know, they're the ones that tip the balance back and forth. Yeah, I, just, I mean, I think the whole uh, the dynamic. If you were to teach a class in uh, in a I want to say uh, election economics, which they're really or or uh, what do you want to call it, political economics? I'll bet that you, you'd, you'd find there was a huge change in the last thirty, thirty-five years in the uh, in the sense that uh, every everybody used to think <clears throat> that you had to you had to you had to take your slice of the votes in the middle, and uh, and I think the Trump Hillary thing changed all that. Um, if I can get there with you know, thirty percent of the people that I know are going to vote for me, I'll take my chances. I'm pulling twenty percent of the rest, and or or people just not showing up enough to where my thirty percent will carry the day. And it, I don't think people ever used to think that way. You, you, you dealt with your the, the the losers on the left, the losers on the far right, enough to get a check, and then you ran back to the middle as fast as you could. That now nobody nobody even thinks of that anymore. Nobody cares. The middle is just like this vast wasteland that. I mean, you'd like to have those votes, but I'm not so sure some of these people even care. Well, they probably assume that you know, if, if the, the person that they're that that they're running against is 
so far to the right of themselves or so far to the left of themselves um, that, that you're just they, there's this belief as a candidate that it's going to be easier for you to, to grab some people in the middle relative oh, yeah. to you're looking at it relative to your competition not, not necessarily relative to you know the average person on the street well Hillary was unique in a sense that so many people had such a bad taste in their mouth about her. I mean, me, for instance, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't have voted for her if she was the last person on the ballot. Um, because, I mean, I couldn't stand the stuff she did in Arkansas with the trades getting in her account and all that stuff. I just, you know, I, I don't want somebody like... Well, I was that a choice? The, the, two bigger, the two bigger crooks, her, her, her and Trump. Oh, I know. No, and it's, you know, it's not, like we've had a, not like we had a really good choice this last time either. No. No. Uh you know, it's like you got you got one extra ticket to uh, to the White Sox game, and you've got a choice between uh, you know two uncles to bring along, Uncle Joe or um, Uncle Donnie. Yeah, and um, I think we'd say, you know what? Uh, why don't we have an extra seat there so we can put all of our coats in that seat? Well, I'll talk a little after a break. I, I read some, somebody, yeah. one of our uh, listeners, sent me something about how people knew hundreds of years ago that. That because of the diversity of the U.S., it's just it's just really hard to have somebody in that job that, that sort of appeals to everybody. SP Futures down 35, NASDAQ Futures down 125. We're not only down today, which is unusual, but we're very steady. It's almost the exact same numbers when we walked in. Be right back, Stocks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know. All while exploring how to live your best life through music, spirits, food, sports, travel, fitness, and a whole lot more. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures. It's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into Wall Street's investment gurus. It's for mavericks who believe in life, luxury, and the pursuit of happiness. It's for you. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and try to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. 
Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, owner of Home Source Realty and frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks Radio Show. If you're thinking about purchasing real estate, this summer could be a good time to shop around. Whether you're a novice or seasoned investor, low interest rates and a good inventory make adding bricks and mortar investment to your portfolio an interesting possibility. Many a great fortune has begun with the purchase of property. Call me today for your personal investment consultation, and I would be happy to get you started on your path to prosperity. You can reach me at Audrey Johnson at Realtor.com or call me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. Lord Monkface, Tyson Jacks, I'm Tom Howell, Eliani on the board. Mr. Russell, uh, hey, are retail sales uh, decreased by, by inflation? I don't think they are, are they? Because the report just came out, they're unchanged versus a 0.1 percentage estimate to the upside. So they're unchanged. How about that in a second? Uh, S&P futures down 39.50 now. They just took a dump on these retail sales. NASDAQ futures down on 144. Dow futures down 216. Over in Europe, we've got DAX down 150. That's 1.1%. FTSE down 21.3%. CAC around down 42.6%. Uh, we have over in Asia, and these guys are the other way. Uh, Nikkei up 353, 1.2%. The uh, Bank of New Zealand uh, hikes a rate. The uh, uh, Shanghai is up 14.4%. Hang Seng up 91.5%, uh, but still under 20,000, uh, Again, yesterday we had mixed day. Dow up 239, mostly because of Walmart and Home Depot. S&P was up 8, NASDAQ was down 25, so kind of a mixed bag. Uh, bonds, up 8 uh, basis points, 2.90. Bund up 12 basis points, 1.09. It's a big move there for those guys. Uh, Japan up 4 basis points to 0 0.20. Again, we're, we're shooting up. It probably has to do with the Bank of New Zealand. I'm not positive, but it's the only uh, Fed move around the world that I see here. Uh, oil down 2 cents, 86.51. Rent down 38 cents, 91.96. Natural gas up 14 cents, 9.47. It was $8 or seven fifty like two weeks ago. It's an amazing move in a short period of time. Arbab, uh, two ninety one unchanged. Gold, down 9 bucks, seventeen eighty. Silver, down $0.34, cents, $19.74, so well under 20 bucks. Copper, down $0.02, cents, $3.60. We've got Bitcoin, down three fifty one now to 23577 And we have the U.S. dollar versus the euro. Uh, euro is down 24 uh, basis points, which means the dollar is strong. The euro is getting down to 1.01 again. Maybe making a move times dollar parity. That would be wild. Uh, what do you got for us, Traffic Weather Sports? Thanks so much, Chief. Good morning, everyone. Uh, currently 7.35 a.m. on August 17th. Let's actually start with sports. NFL preseason week two is kicking up again this week. Thursday, Bears will be playing the Seahawks August 18th at 7 o'clock. And the Cardinals will be playing the Ravens Sunday, August 21st at 7 o'clock. Uh, looking at baseball games from last night, uh, Cubs beat the Nationals 7-5 with a game today at 12.05. Sox uh, beat the Astros last night 4-3. They'll be playing against each other again today at 7-10. And Diamondbacks lost to the Giants uh, 2-1. And they'll have a chance for a comeback today at 8-45. Uh, looking at weather in Chicago this morning. I'm going to refresh my page. Uh, currently 68 degrees. Beautiful day. Really high humidity, though. Uh, we have a high of 85, low of 65. Looking at weather in Phoenix, there is uh, still an air quality alert at level yellow. Uh, various counties and uh, cities, villages in Arizona are asking people to either carpool today or uh, stay home from work if that's 
uh, feasible for you to do as the air is not good to breathe. Isn't is that breathing an option? <laughs> that means you're dead. Uh, yes. So currently right now, mostly clear skies, 86 with a high of 105 and a low of 83. I'm going to get through traffic as fast as I can because there is a lot of it. Uh, we have traffic eastbound on 290 between Route 20 to downtown and westbound between 290. Uh, sorry, westbound on 290 between Independence and Wolf Road with an accident at 25th. We have traffic eastbound on I-90 between the 294 Tri-State Ramp and Lawrence and westbound between uh, Lawrence and West Higgins. Traffic eastbound on 94 between Tui and Canalport. Uh, traffic westbound on 94 between East 130th and Dempster. Uh, we have intermittent traffic northbound on 294 between West 127th and the 55 ramp and between the I-88-290 ramp to Irving Park Road. We got traffic northbound on 57 between West 119th and the 94 East ramp. Uh, we got traffic north and southbound on 55 between Route 171 and South Damon and between the 55 ramp and County Line Road. Um, I do have an alert that there is an additional accident at uh, just off of I-55 uh, between Wolf Road and 72nd Street, so be mindful of that. Uh, furthermore, we have traffic northbound on Lakeshore between the 55 ramp and East Grand, and traffic southbound on Lakeshore between Chicago and East McFetteridge. Back to you, Chief. Um, just as the, as the bad news keeps on flying around here today, I forgot to mention Target's down. Uh, it, was, it was up a bunch yesterday, so it's not even down as much as it was up. It's down five bucks. Is, Target's earnings take a huge hit as retailer sells off unwanted inventory. They didn't want it, so they want you to buy it, and evidently you bought some of it. Also have a, the first uh, polio case uh, from somebody who was not overseas in this country in New York City since 1979. I can't say that's good news. Uh, quick question for you. One younger person and one person with kids. Do kids still get polio shots? Oh, gosh, you're asking the wrong person. I got one recently just because of the mon the monkeypox thing was kind of weird. Well, out. so then. <laughs> so they, they still can, yes. Um, is, are there any, like, smallpox vaccinations around? Because that works against monkeypox too, right? Can you get one of those? Yeah, so, I mean, there, there is no monkeypox vaccine, but because I am a performer and I'm around a lot of people, so if ever if ever there's an opportunity for me to get sick, I'm, you know, as a, someone that is in front of, you know, tens of thousands of people a year. All breathing. Yeah, all breathing. <laughs> um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm highly likely to, to get sick. Um, so if ever there's a, some kind of outburst of some type of disease, if there's a vaccination for it, I usually take it uh, just to protect myself and my audience. Uh, not a bad idea. If it, but I guess, uh, I guess the question would be, allegedly the old smallpox vac vaccination works against monkeypox, but if you go get a a monkeypox vaccination, it's its not the smallpox. It's one for monkeypox, right? I don't think there is one, a segregate one for monkeypox yet really? available to the okay. public, no. All right. Well, you know more about it than me. Um, so, uh, Russell, what uh, when we mm -hmm. talked about with Kevin is uh, Empire State numbers, like hitting the skids. Or, or, or what, do you, what do you, and of course, nobody is denying we'll ever be in a recession because of the unemployment rate and because of God knows what else. There's no way we can be putting up this this kind of numbers and, and, and people going to work and being in a recession. Where do you stand on this? I mean, uh, I, I, I see stuff kind of cratering, but I mean, I, it just, it's, I have a very small window. I mean, it's not like I'm driving, all, I'm flying all over the country or anything like you do. Mm -hmm. What do you, so what do, what's your read on this? Oh, as far as um, why, why it appears that we are slowing down, but we still have inflation. Well, that, that you and I know, which we I probably mean, should go through again, I mean, that's a totally separate, you can have inflation if you're, if you're cratering. 
Yeah. By the way, before somebody steals it, not one of our listeners would never do this, one of our wordsmith kind of people, maybe you or Mr. Flanagan mm-hmm. or somebody, um, the term that was in the dictionary forever, stagflation. Um, now, what if now that that in, that implied no growth, growth meaning stagnant, stagnant growth and mm-hmm. inflation. Do we have a term for uh, negative growth and inflation? Neg negflation? That doesn't sound good. Well, we'd have something that is catchy that we could like. We could like uh, do what the one guy did. Well, the first word that the first word that popped in my mind. You're not allowed to say on the radio. Uh, <laughs> Start, it starts with cluster. Ah, oh well, that's yeah. <laughs> but I mean, something that we it's could like the worst of both worlds. But we could yeah. get it. I could, know what that word is. <laughs> we could get. Yeah, we, I know. I know. But we could get. Why don't we make but, it up? Honestly, that was the first. That, you know, like our well, cluster economy. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I mean, but what would there is there a word for negative growth and inflation that we never, that we need to make one up? Because then we can be like, uh, was it Pat? Uh, was it guy Pat Rally did with the three peat? Yeah, then we can have T-shirts. Yeah. No, I have to think hard. I, I, I'm still trying to come up with surprise and fear it for together for the VIX. But you're right. There, we start, What what is worse than stagflation? Negative growth and inflation. And you know what we, and you know what we probably, <clears throat> we probably don't have a good historic like we don't have a good historical period to to compare to. Uh, and that and that's why we don't have the fun term. Well, we we do we in a stagflation, but we never. Yeah, but, but I don't think we've ever had you know ex- consistent inflation and negative economic growth all the same time well, for a protected period. It's because it it's always been transitory. I have an idea. Like we have a, term blip. We have a, we have a young lady here doing the show with us today, who's. Mm-hmm. Ancestors from, are from South America. Yes, and we have both in Argentina and Venezuela. At least we have seriously negative growth and high inflation. Maybe they have a term for it, and we can translate it. I don't know. If, I don't know. If Banana Republic I don't economy. Know if they do. <laughs> yeah, actually, that, that works. That's, that, that's that's not in South America, but you know. uh, or or we yeah. could find somebody who knows how to speak German. I'm sure the people in the Weimar Republic had a word for it. They call it ninflation. <laughs> yeah, ninflation. Mm-hmm. By the way, did you see? You see what happened to the? Uh, they, they got all this. They got all this. That's the hey. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. uh, You're welcome. You see what happened over there in the uh, one of the rivers that's running dry, the Elbe or something? Because they got all these. Huge uh, up, one of the northern rivers. That's a working river. Yeah. Well, one of the. Uh, and when I say when I say working river, I mean that that's a river that. The Chicago River is not a working river, not really. It's a tourist river, but like the Mississippi or um, the the rivers that are drying up in Germany, they're not able to get stuff around like they used to be able to. The barge traffic, basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, did you see the the one river that did dried up to the point where this big rock is now visible? Right. Well, of course they had some drought, mm-hmm. you know, thirty years ago or something, or twenty five years ago. And where the rock was visible at that time, so somebody had in- inscribed on the rock, "If you can see this rock, like you're screwed <laughs> or something like that." <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's on the rock, so the thing becomes visible. And somebody had written on there, but I, you know, you have memory better than mine. I seem to recall 
at the last time we had an issue like that here in the Mississippi where we were, we were, we were dropping barge loads and we were doing all kinds of stuff in the Mississippi mm-hmm. was, was showing rocks and everything like that and it was a real problem. Everybody's banging the hell out of their barges and they're thinking about, you know, re, re uh, what do you call it when you... Well, they, stop, they stopped the traffic for a while. Yeah, but it, it was, it, was, yeah. It, was it even nine months later that they had record floods? Where they had opened up the, the other it flood? It recovered very quickly. You know, I, I grew up in Memphis, which is on the Mississippi, so you always paid. You'd, yeah, if the river was really low or the river was really high, you'd, you'd go downtown and look at the river. Well, I, I seem to recall yeah, that the record... When it was really low, you'd go down and you'd go by the edge of the river and see if you could find anything. People would find stuff. Well, didn't they go from record low to record floods in like less than a year or something? Or was it two years? It was yeah. an amazing change. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was the early 90s. Uh, well, there's that... There's that boy, I, I, I'm going to say this. There, as the river goes near New Orleans... There's like an alternative river channel where people had actually built houses and stuff down there. It's it, what it's like yeah. 90 miles north of New Orleans or something, and and they have sluice gates where if they ever had to, they can open up those sluice gates and essentially drain the river down this alternative channel to save New Orleans and Baton Rouge and those places. And I think they put those in in like the 30s and had never used them. And then they have to open those up and like wash people's houses away down that had built down in the. In the area where the where the where the you know the other channel was, you remember that? I do, I do totally recall that. I mean, those things that you I know what, it, it, what, what you know what we're we're dancing around with the commonality of of everything that we've talked about in the last five minutes or so is that things are set up based on they're they're all responses to history. Yeah. You know, it's a, it, because that that's the context that you have to deal with. And we don't have a good word for the economic environment we're in right now because we don't really have a decent period of history to draw upon where we had a combination of higher prices and, uh, and lower supply or, or slower growth, I guess is a way to put it, or negative growth. Would you... We've had slow growth and higher prices. I, um, I know you're a, uh, and I think, and I think, and I think that's why they. I, I think maybe that's where the word transitory came from. Was well, we've never seen anything last like this, you know, like this for more than a couple of months historically. So it's going to be transitory because it always has been. Do you do you sense any sort of a? Uh, I have a piece of paper up here, and I'm trying to get this guy on. He's from Hills, Hills, Hillsdale, Hill, one of those colleges that does all these position papers and uh, the guy draws a parallel he's, he's not mentioning today's world but I'm going to try and draw that parallel hopefully we're not there yet but he, he talked about the, the civil war and the way the two governments handled their money and the, and the money was uh, well I think the South would have lost anyway but his, his point was that one of, the, one of the problems that the South had was the way their government handled the money versus the North he said, in New York, New York is obviously, the North is spending all this money on, obviously, a war. He said, but they managed to tax people. They increased some tariffs. They did a bunch of stuff. I'll, I'll get the thing out next time you're around. I'll try and maybe I'll scan it and ship it to you. You'd find it interesting, Russell. It's, a, it's actually a history of inflation in the U.S. in seven pages. And it's very well done. Uh, and he said, but the North, amazingly, 
with the with all their expenditures and stuff went up like thirty percent or forty percent, like you would expect. They were able to cover most of it through taxation and through regular borrowing. It only it only had to finance ten or twelve percent of it through essentially printing greenbacks. And okay. and uh, so they even though there was inflation, it was not out of hand. And at the end of the war, they were able to just pull in the greenbacks, drain a little bit out of the system. And because productivity was so terrific after the war, as people wanted to buy stuff and everything, you know, almost like almost like on a, a World War II scale in terms of percentages, but not the same. Obviously, there were no washing machines or anything. That uh, the North handled that. You never lost. You never really lost faith in the currency or anything during the whole thing. Now, now the Confederacy, on the other hand, I should be, I should be reading the thing, but I'll, next time you ran, I'll go through it. Essentially, financed like forty percent. 25 to 40 percent of the war by increasing just the amount of currency in situations in the in circulation to where they mm-hmm. they totally debased their currency and uh and it, and, it, and they never recovered I was plus they lost the war on top of it so it's not all just currency but I, I think during this covid situation we're we're closer to the 25 percent that the confederacy did than the north and I think we're I don't I don't see I'm gonna say that we spent uh, what three or four trillion dollars, maybe even more? And how much more do you think? What was our total deficit in the last two and a half years? It's got to be what eight eight trillion dollars, something like that. If it's if it's eight, yeah, and the, I think and, that was the number that popped in my mind. All right, and, and the Fed yeah. has essentially financed four of it. Right, they printed money to cover half of it, roughly. Yeah. Well, they're they're essentially doing the same thing that the Confederacy did, only worse. So yeah, there there have been parallels in history, but you don't want to bring them up because they don't they don't end so well. No, I mean, and the, uh, and and I think the parallels in history are are they're bucketed in being these one off items. But I'll bet you you could find five or six of them that you know, suddenly well maybe there is kind of a trend to some of these. I things. I'm going to say if you were to take the Weimar Iraq. Not Iraq, Iran, Venezuela, Argentina. You can piece these to Turkey. Turkey right now is an is an is a totally good example. Yeah, I mean, people on the air were talking about the the inflation rate in Turkey was seventy percent. I couldn't wait, Russell. I hit my Google. <laughs> I actually can do a little of this, and I I, I googled mm-hmm. money, Turkish money supply. And last year, what do you think the money supply growth was? What did it double? Seven? No, seventy percent. Oh, this year they got seventy percent. Oh, right. I figured, I figured. I figured it was more. Oh, it was almost dead on. It was like it was like spot on. Okay. No, I honestly, it, it, and the reason I figured it was more is I just assumed it was more is because um, inflation doesn't fully has not been fully keeping pace with our monetary growth. Well, that's because they're cheating on right. inflation number. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you don't you you think that that there's more honesty in the numbers coming out of Turkey than out of the U.S. I, I think that the uh, that they're not even they're, they're probably not. I think the numbers are just what people catch from groceries and other stuff. I don't. I bet they're not even a published number that anybody believes. I mean, it's just. I bet some other some other person is doing it. I, I believe that our numbers here, if you were to take the money supply growth in the last two and a half years, minus whatever you think the the uh, real growth is, which isn't very much, I have somewhere between. A thirty-five and forty percent inflation bulge in the last thirty months, and I don't see how the hell you 
you you you possibly get around that. I mean, I I, I don't. I don't see how you do that. And and that's what we have. Well, I think it it just it works its way into different parts of the economy over different time frames. Yes, and and right now the biggest and there's not and there's nothing you can do about it. Well, the the biggest lie right now, other than the continuing lie about hospitalization, the biggest lie right now is we've got uh, housing and rent percolating along by at six percent. Yet case shore. This is even my numbers. Case shore in the last year and a half, or last year says. Housing is up 21% and mortgage rates are up 25. So, how the hell you possibly have, uh, a, you know, six percent for buying a house? I mean, how's that even? Let me, let me a quick question on that though. If you, if you, if you and I were going to do the housing piece, um, and I think both of us would agree that the that the price of home ownership on somebody buying a new home versus last year has got to be up 30 to 35 percent. Right, house plus mortgage, not even including insurance and tax and the other yeah. crap. But the fact is, not everybody just bought a house last year. So how how would we adjust the numbers to where? I mean, I mean your your price didn't go up because you you own the place, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, I don't know. You can't really say that for everybody, the cost of home ownership went up thirty five percent. But the fact is, for anybody new. It has. I guess. I guess it's the same thing about if you buy a TV, it's the price today. It's not the price a year ago, and the TV still works. So I bet you. I guess you just got to use the, the today numbers, right? No, you totally have to use the today numbers. So there's, not, there's just no. There's just no other way to really, you know. Right. So if you do that, calculate because what what you end up doing is you end up throwing a whole bunch of assumptions in there as opposed to you know hard numbers. Okay, so you're saying I shouldn't even mess with that. Yeah. Just where the numbers today are, the numbers today are. Yeah. It's, it's what it costs today to, to you know, buy XYZ. That's the, that really is the best way that you're able to do that. Okay. Uh, I, think with, I think with shelter, because you have alternatives. You what, can what's the alternative? The buy, bridge? rent, or, or move back in with your parents. Um, Never. Yeah. Never. <laughs> never. Now wait a minute. Who, who's who's saying that? Never that? say never. My my sister lived with my dad until she was fifty. I have a quick question yeah, no for thanks. Eliani. Hmm. Was that never? Was that you? Or was that your mother on the phone? No, that's me. Oh, I'm a grown woman. I pay my own stuff. That's why I work three jobs. Yeah. Well, you know, I uh, I I make it work. I I've always at, made it work. I lived at home for quite a while before I moved on my own, but. The difference is... I left as soon as I turned 18. <laughs> well, the weird part is, I don't, I don't get today's world. I always paid rent. Yeah, same. At home. I mean, I did because I was a child, but, you know, I left when I was 18, and then that was it. But my mom didn't let me hang there when I came back from college without paying her. So, <laughs> I, mean, like, I mean, like, when I went to go visit my mom, she didn't have me pay rent because oh, I was I just, I was just that, visiting, yeah. but, I, I mean, I wasn't living with her, in, like, like, into my 20s. Like, I had... There was this... This guy that I dated because I was um, going through a bunch of surgery and he was around and he was available and it was really nice. But like, you know, he was like in his, you know, he's turning 30 and he's still living with his parents. And I'm like, do you even pay rent? And he's like, nah. And I was like, that's so bogus of you. <laughs> well, I always, I always did. I, well, this, 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 I know it sounds really weird, but I was. Because there, there are some people that just like can't afford rent. Like if you work in the, like if you are in, in like an industry, like, like a restaurant industry person of any kind. Like, I had a friend of mine, she's a bartender, but, like, she had to move back in with her parents because she just can't afford to be out here. 
and I, I'm lucky because I'm in a I'm in a semi-successful band, and I also work in real estate, so I actually make some you know, pretty relatively good money. I only have to work so hard because my medical bills are so high, but um, otherwise I'd be fine. Um, but yeah, no, like I I make it work because you know whatever. I even like I demanded a raise at work, and they gave it to me. So, you know, because I I earned it. But like yeah. So like, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I I make it work. I ask for what I need, and I I get it. And I I look for work. I'm constantly working like a maniac, and that's what one has to do, unfortunately. Yes. But um, some I people just uh, some people even if even if they do work like, like a like maniac can't make it. Oh, sorry. Go no, ahead, go ahead. Say, what you just described, um, I think that that's why we got such a strong employment number. Yeah. By the way, just a very simple question. If, that's a good point. If you have two jobs, yeah. how how is that counted? It's counted as people with two jobs. Yeah, it's right. so counted as people those with two are, jobs. Those are two jobs. I, I think That's if I think Russell would say, uh, Russell, you are Russell. If Carl would say, <laughs> that I am uh, Russell. Uh, hi that, Russell. That in the uh, hi Russell. That hi. in the uh, in the establishment survey, you got two jobs. In the household survey, you got you're just working. You're employed. Either you're working or not working. Yeah. Well, so. yeah, but I mean, like when I file taxes, I file that I have two employment. I know what I'm saying in the household survey that when they call and they ask. Is Eliani employed? The answer is yes. Is someone still working? Yeah. The, yeah. the answer is yes. Uh, but but the, the establishment survey, both Menards and the pizza joint where you're delivering pizza, will both say you're employed. So that's two, right, Russell? You know the you know a survey that that gets a hard time, but but would be count counting the number of jobs, not the number of people working. Is the ADP survey? Oh, that is true. Yeah. You know what? Why is that? Wait. We only got a couple of minutes here. Why is it? That survey should be so simple, and yet it, yet it isn't. They they were talking about making big changes to it last month. Matter of fact, we didn't get an AD, ADP survey last month because they're changing it. Why, why? I mean, they 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 make payrolls for. I don't I, I don't know why they would I don't know why they would mess with it at all. You know, other than the the only criticism of the ADP survey that that I hear and I don't agree with is that it. You know that it disconnects from the employment number that we get two mo- two days later every month. Right. Well, good. Then it sh- then it's giving us a different view of the data in a completely different way. We don't want something that mirrors the the report we're going to get forty eight hours later. Mm. Yeah. Wh- why why not just a number? Yeah, what are those guys? They do what fifty five percent of the somewhere in there of the payrolls from everybody in the country. Not probably not much. Probably no no governmental agency uses them, but maybe they do. I don't. I don't know that. Uh, so that why don't you just put that out there for the people, the fifty-five percent that we do the payrolls? We're up five percent last month. There's the number. Take it or leave it. Well, they're they're putting it out there because they're getting a whole ton of. Cause they're putting it out there because we're talking about it. They're getting a free ad. ADP is getting a free payroll ad because they put that number out every every right. um, month. Mm. If the number is being discounted, and fewer and fewer people are paying attention to it. It's like having a bad commercial that nobody watches anymore. <laughs> so I can understand from their point of view why they feel the need to to change it if people are paying less and less attention to it and it's not getting as much love as it used to. But from a pure academic standpoint, I would like to be able to look at their methodology. The uh, you know the government's non-farm payroll methodology and dig into what the disconnects are there and, and what's really going on in the world beyond the numbers. And if they're just going to change the ADP number around to be a better predictor of the Friday number, 
that doesn't do me a whole lot of good. Well, that's the truth. Hey, it, gets uh, talked about, it gets it talked about more, but from a rigorous academic standpoint, it's no good anymore. Well, we have to dash, Russell. Thank you very much for hanging in there with the mm-hmm. with the okay. vid. By next week, you'll be 100%, and you'll be over it and never have to worry about oh. it again. SP Futures yeah, down 30. SP Futures down 38, and Nasdaq Futures down 137. Back tomorrow, Stocks and Jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708-349-3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968. What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. I guess we learned not to do it again.